Welcome to the Life Cycle Lady Podcast, the place to be to talk about all that we wonder, whisper, and wish we knew about our bodies, hormones, and life cycle changes. In this space, I offer vulnerability, wisdom, connection, and helpful mind, body, spirit tools. Please join me as I take the stigma out, stop the whisper, and talk out loud about life cycle changes from puberty to menopause. Hi everyone, my name is Julie Hughes and welcome to episode one of the Life Cycle Lady podcast. Uh, For this episode, I thought I would just tell you all a little bit about myself and maybe even a little bit about my story, how I came to do this work, and probably a bunch of other people's stories interwoven along. Um, So this podcast was actually born after years and years, decades actually, of listening to women turn their voices way down to a whisper to ask me questions about their bodies and what they were going through. Like this literally happens to me on almost a daily basis. Like I'll be talking to a woman and all of a sudden she'll just get really quiet and she'll ask me a question. A question that is so incredibly normal, but we have to talk about it so quietly. Um, and actually recently somebody pointed out this this out to me that, that when we talk about certain topics, we just go really quiet and we don't ever talk about them out loud. And so many women don't even ask the questions and they just kind of suffer in silence or just don't really know if what they're experiencing are normal or actually they might even think what they're going through in life is not normal and something's wrong with them until they start talking out loud. So like I said, this this podcast and my work is really born out of this um, tendency for us to whisper. So I've heard questions like, do you ever have an orgasm? Or am I supposed to bleed for 10 days? Recently, I heard someone asked me, do all perimenopausal women turn into rage-filled crazy ladies? And the woman was totally serious. Um, I hear all sorts of questions. I also, I hear, what is perimenopause? I hear that a lot. Am I supposed to know what that is? I hear just the most incredible questions. I could probably do just a full podcast on laughing out loud about questions that people have asked me really quietly in a whisper over the years. Um, So I do work with women of all ages and stages of life from puberty to menopause, and I help them feel hormonally healthy and fully embodied in their lives. And by embodied, I mean just really inside their body. Like they want to be friends or they are friends with their body. They feel happy and healthy in their body. They know about their body. They know what their body's talking to them. They know how to communicate. Um, And they don't feel like it's kind of a place that they live that they hate. So that's kind of what I help many of the things that I help women do. So a little bit about me and my hats, how I came to this work. So I'm actually a midwife, um, although I'm not practicing at the moment because I'm also a mom of four. I have currently have children at the time of this recording from 15 years old um, all the way down to four years old. So I have four kids um, in the teen, tween, elementary, and toddler age. I have literally have a kid in preschool, elementary school, middle school, and high school. Um, so I'm taking a break from midwifery. Um, and I work more with women and girls who are going through 
puberty all the way up to perimenopause and menopause. Um, so I do, I love to travel, I love to adventure, and I love and strive to see life as an adventure. And that's definitely what I bring to both my work and definitely to this podcast. So I thought I'd start with a little bit of a disclaimer about me for those of you that might be listening out there and might be in your perimenopausal years. Um, so I'm in my 40s, and a full disclaimer as someone who's in their 40s, I have to say that I think I'm a little abnormal and I feel like I'm going to whisper this. <laughs> um, I, from a very early age, remember, like I remember being nine or 10 and I remember thinking, I remember distinctly being in the bathtub and I remember thinking like, I wanted to be 40. Seriously, <laughs> I dreamed about gray hair. I dreamed about getting boobs that looked like they had been aged like I was just developing boobs and I was already thinking about boobs that looked like they were like aged and used um, and I remember thinking like that is when my life is going to begin and honestly I really don't know where this came from and it it definitely was not from my own mom because my own mom wasn't even 40 um, until I was out of college and she and I was 22 years old. So there's an she had me when she was 18. Um, my mom still dyes her hair to this day. She probably maybe even looks quote unquote younger than I do. Um, and so that's it definitely wasn't coming from her. But from a very early age, I really thought my life was going to begin at 40. I didn't have that cultural um I didn't buy into that cultural myth. I don't know if I even saw it, although probably I did because, you know, another full disclosure in the summertime, my mom and I watched soap operas together. So there was definitely a lot of that cultural things going on about older women. Um, but I didn't pick it up. I just was really excited. So I know that that is not a lot of people's experience, although I feel like we're starting to make a pretty good shift or I'm seeing it more that women are shifting and embracing this is this time period. Um, and I'm well aware of where I'm coming from, the lens that I come, and I definitely name it and speak it out to people because I know that many, many women do struggle with wanting gray hair, but not wanting gray hair and what it means or with this particular stage of life. Um, I also was pretty excited about puberty, although I was a tomboy. Um, I was pretty excited about, I am just pretty excited about changes in life. And I, and again, I know that that is not everyone's story. And so um, I name that and I want to come from a place of being silly about it and also um, really digging into a lot of cultural things around these stages of life, the cultural stories that we've told, family stories that we've told, and kind of starting to break down a lot of those things. This podcast will do a lot of breaking down of those stories and ask you to be vulnerable and look at things in a different way um, and see where your stories come from and if they serve you. Um, and if they do, that's great. Like I'm not asking you to embrace your gray hair if you don't want to. You are more than welcome to dye it. There's no judgment on my part. Um, it's also not a judgment, you know, on girls in puberty, if they should shave or not, or, or any judgment on any choices that you make. I'm here just to give, um, 
I'm here to think about it in a different way. I'm here for you to offer advice, especially mind, body, spirit, um, ways of looking at these stages of life. And I'm hoping to offer you helpful advice and wisdom that I've learned from you all because I've spent decades working with you all. And so many of you don't talk about these things. So many girls don't talk about puberty with other girls. So many women don't talk about even... Um, the realities of, you know, mothering, like somebody, I read a blog post today from Kate Northrup, who is kind of one of my, uh, I don't know, heroes, heroines in life. I really dig her. And she was talking about how sometimes she gets so bored being a mom and playing games, the same damn games over and over. And I was like, thank God someone said that out loud. Like, we don't talk about those things because we want to be, you know, grateful that our kids are healthy and that we get to be with them so much. And, and I totally am, but it's really nice to hear people talk out loud about both the good things and the hard things. So I hope to do that. And I hope to offer that from stories. And no, I'm not naming names. If you are someone who knows me and you've told me a story or I've been an intimate part of your life um, and counseled you in any way, I am not naming names, but I am speaking out loud about the stories and about what I hear women speak to me really quietly about. Um, I want to bring a voice to that and let you all know that you're all talking about it. So just talk about it together. And maybe listening to me and my playfulness will help you start talking about some of these things. And maybe you just don't know. Maybe that's why you're not talking about it. That is a big thing I get is a lot of women just don't know. Like literally people are like, what the heck is perimenopause? Am I supposed to know what that means? Isn't that something that happens when you're like 55 or 60, like when you're old? And so I'm going to talk a lot about that, obviously. Um, so a little bit more about me. Um, I started, I felt like talking a little bit quietly right then. I started my own menstrual cycle. Let's get really intimate. Um, a month after I turned 11, I was, it was the summertime and I was um, going to the bathroom and wiped and saw some blood and I didn't know what it was. So I went on the back porch to where my mom was sitting talking on the cordless phone which was very hip and cool at the time. Um, and, you know, she got really, really excited and said I started my period and I was really excited even though I didn't really know what that meant because we really hadn't talked about that in class. You know, that wasn't like, I think that was, actually when I was a kid, it was seventh grade. I think most girls get it in sixth grade now, um, at least the state where I live. But I definitely hadn't had that talk and my mom and I hadn't had that talk so it was a pretty positive story because my mom was very excited and there was a celebration. Um, and so it was, it really set me up in a very positive way. And I think a lot of us women, I know because I do puberty workshops for moms and daughters talking about this very topic and moms, I've done well over 300 families now. And in that time, I'd say maybe 10% of moms have a positive story, 10% probably don't even remember and the rest have a pretty um, bordering on negative either incredibly embarrassing mostly shameful um, or just like really secretive shameful those are embarrassing those are the stories I hear and so if you think about 
that was one of the very biggest first life cycles that we encounter. And you think about women coming into this phase of life of this really incredible, powerful, amazing thing called a period. And I know many of you out there might be thinking really powerful, amazing, like it sucks. It, <laughs> you want me to think about my period as powerful and amazing? No, thank you. Um, that's not what I'm saying. I think that many of you out there have are dealing with PCOS or endometriosis or PMS that you just can't stand. And so, of course, you hate your period because you think of your period in those ways. Um, so part of the work I help with people do is unwinding that um, and hopefully healing from those things and or, you know, especially simple things like maybe you get migraines every time before your before your period ha- starts. And so talking about where that comes from, basically educating you on your body. Um, and I'm going to do lots of podcasts on that. But if you think about it, let's go back to my story of when I started my period. If you think about all these women starting their period, for those of us, many of us in our 40s, we started our period or 30s in this shameful, secretive way, right? Mom last week told me she didn't tell her mom for two years. Two years. She never talked about. She never talked about it. She just full on figured it out how to get pads. Did it secretively. Like was very secretive and shamed about it. Right. And so just think about how that sets her up for like her relationship with her period. Which, if you didn't know it, your period is a vital sign of life force. Right. When you're regular and you have good periods and good flow, it's. Uh, literally directly related to optimal bone health later in life, heart health later in life, and like a host of other um, basically signs that you're doing well in your body. And so when you're not hormonally healthy, when you have headaches before, you have migraines, you have insane cramping, you have PMS, you have endometriosis, those are all signs that your body is way out of balance. So of course, if you're entering into the stage of life and you're entering into it in either a fear or shame, like think if you're thinking about the mind-body connection, then of course we're going to talk about it quietly. Of course we're going to whisper and probably we're going to experience quite a lot of pain um, with our period and we're not going to like it. We're not going to think of it as our friendly um monthly visitor who comes to tell us how our hormones have been doing throughout the month and what our flow shows us is exactly the blueprint of our hormones for the month and isn't this lovely isn't this a great communication no you're probably not going to think of it that way you're probably going to be like don't come I don't want to see you I don't want you to disrupt my life like we live in this very masculine go 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 linear world not dogging on the masculine I love men and masculine energy I've got quite a lot of it myself I'm just saying that we live in such a world that doesn't really honor the cycles of the feminine right and so again that's another way we're talking about going against our periods so I'm going to go into a lot more of that um especially for those of you who have daughters in puberty. I'm going to talk a lot more about that throughout our time together in our podcast. But I really just wanted to kind of throw out there for those of you who are listening to the first one um, or coming back after I've done hundreds of these because I have hundreds of them in my head um, to really to think about what is your what is your story and how do you think that actually influenced your the rest of your life? 
the subsequent periods or the subsequent phases of your life. Because like I said, periods are incredibly, incredibly important for knowing your all about your health and wellness. Like so, so important. And I will do way more in-depth podcasts just on that specific topics. So if you think of it like a curse, it's going to be a curse, right? And the funny thing is when cultures where they there it isn't known and they don't experience that way like it's not the known as a curse or perimenopause or menopause isn't known as like they don't value beauty like we do obsession in our culture especially female beauty and young female beauty in a certain body type they don't experience like there's no words for pms and there's no like discomfort with hot flashes and things like that like they don't describe it in that way Um, and I really believe again it's that mind-body connection so if they're the cultural story is like you're super valued when you're going through that wise woman phase of life and you're probably excited about that value then you're not gonna like feel you're gonna feel excited about this new flow that you're going into rather than like kind of pushing against it and wondering oh my god what's my value and did I waste my life and what did I not do in my life you're you're gonna see it as a natural continuation of life right and so there's not gonna be aches and pains there's gonna be respect and honoring and tuning in um so I really want you to think about and I, I do this in one of my workshops my perimenopausal workshop um what would it look like if we celebrated these times in our lives? If we celebrated puberty, what would it look like if we celebrated motherhood? And not just with a baby shower that we get lots of gifts for the babies, which there's nothing wrong with that. But if we like celebrated the fact that you're leaving, that you're like literally dying and being reborn as a new woman, right? When you're giving birth, you are no longer the person that you were. You are a new person. There's a lot of you that comes with and there's a lot of you that is also born. So what if we celebrated these things? What if we celebrated the cycles of life? How would this change our relation to it? And in the end, does it pattern our actual brain? Because it does. In case you were wondering what the answer to that question, it, it actually does. There's been research that is totally proven that it does pattern our brain. Cultural neurobiology is, exists and has done lots of studies about how our cultural stories patterns our brains and therefore changes our very biochemistry. Biochemistry means hormones, right? So what we're thinking, what we're experiencing is now changing our brain and changing our very hormones. So if you're having a horrible relationship, you had a horrible puberty, you had horrible menstruation pain, and now you're getting endometriosis and you're feeling horrible about yourself and you know, like you see what I'm saying? I'm not saying you are the root and cause of all of your problems. Please do not hear me say that. That is not what I'm saying. Just saying that it is proven that our brain is patterned by these cultural stories, by our experiences, and then it does actually alter our very hormonal state. So I go back to my story. So it started out great, right? I started, my, my story was great. We had a celebration. I got my period there. I believe my mom did say you're a woman now, which is kind of funny to say to an 11 year old, please don't ever say that to your daughter. <laughs> they are, she is not a woman. Even if she gets her period at 14, she's not a woman. Um, she gets to play dollies and do all the things she wants to do until she no longer wants to do them. Um, but 
it, it, great, great story. And then the cramps and emotions and vomiting came. So I would have my period for like two weeks, probably a year after, a year or two after I started. And I would miss school and I would have cramps and I would vomit sometimes. And so my mom took me to the OB at 13, 13 or 14, it's hard to remember, you know. I was very young and I was put on the birth control pill to solve the pain. And guess what? It pretty much did. And I have talked to many, many hundreds, hundreds of women out there that have had a pretty similar experience because again, going to do a whole podcast on this, but what the birth control does is create a false, it doesn't let you cycle, right? It's a false hormonal cycle. It basically, you're, you're, you're not having a cycle. Um, and then for, for me, that worked and for many, many women, and that's why it's used that way, it does actually work. So I know that the birth control pill, like, right, I was a women's studies major in a college, one of my majors, um, before I became a midwife was, uh, you know, all about knowing about women, and specifically women's healthcare. So I know that many people suppose that birth control was like one of the best female rights that helped us control our bodies and go into the workforce and um, that help us. It was a good step to like women's liberation, right? And so I might have thought that at one point in my life as well. And now I feel like, this is my opinion, I feel like we need to get in touch with our cycles and to intimately know them. So when I came off the pill at 22, I was absolutely shocked at how different I felt. In fact, at how good I felt. Like I felt like a totally different person. And I remember I was actually traveling around the world. I was living in New Zealand at the time, which is where I got my, where I went to school for midwifery. And I just remember being shocked. Like i what happened? I didn't know why I felt so different. And then I was like, oh my God, I went off the birth control pill. I felt like a total different person. And again, I've talked to hundreds of you, probably not hundreds of you that have told me this story, but probably a hundred at least that have said, yeah, they felt like a total different person. And you felt like yourself when you came off the pill, because not only does it all alter your hormonal states, but it alters the conversation that you could possibly be having with your body. So I know many of you are nodding your head yes when you're listening to this. And some of you might be feeling kind of grumpy about this because you feel like birth control is awesome because then you don't have to have four kids like me. (laughs) Um, Just kidding. And that it's a right and that it's really amazing. And in some ways, I, I would agree with you. But I also believe that instead of controlling we can be in touch with our cycles. And it is really, really impossible to know and get that intimately connected with your cycles. And it does take work, right? Stuff like that takes work. And it takes really paying attention and really knowing how to pay attention. It's not just like, oh, I'm gonna chart on this app, which some apps maybe are super helpful for you. And I believe that is a good first step. But I believe there's a lot more education, if you're, especially if you're going to use it as a form of, of contraceptive. Um, there's a lot more education that goes in. And there's lots of women that are doing online classes that I would totally recommend. Um, and then I also help women somewhat with this. More so help women get off the pill 
and re-energize um, their body with <clears throat> all the vitamins and nutrients that they're now lacking in because of being on the pill for so long. So the reason why I'm telling you my story of, of having all these cramps, going on the pill, coming off the pill, is that um, I want to say that it's a pretty common story, right? This is a pretty common story in our culture, especially American culture. Um, and that it's really, I want to point out for those of you that may have daughters that are going through puberty in particular, that right when that conversation between the ovaries and the brain is being turned on, and it's supposed to be really, really wacky for that first year or so, we're turning off that conversation. And we're re by putting girls on the birth control pill. And I wholeheartedly believe and know because I've helped moms with their daughters um, that it doesn't have to be the only option. There's a lot more options out there than just giving girls a pill, especially when they're not even sexually active, right? It has nothing to do with sex for me. It was just like, here's a quick pill to solve this problem. But in the end, it wasn't solving my problem. It was masking an underlying problem. Right? It was masking an underlying problem. So when I got off the pill, yes, I felt amazing. And then I had to deal with what was going on actually underneath um, and was able to write my period and do what I had to do. It definitely wasn't as bad as when I was younger, but that's what it's supposed to be like when you're younger. Like that first year, girls are just, you know, they're cycling, but their cycle's way irregular and that's actually normal. And, you know, within 45 days, every 45 days-ish is when they're having a cycle. They're only ovulating once or twice that first full year. And then after that, it starts to normalize a bit. But it can be pretty intense and it can literally be su simple, simple things to help it not be so intense. And sometimes it, it's a cue to, your, to us as healthcare providers that something bigger is going on, right? If a girl isn't starting her period till 16, maybe she has polycystic ovarian syndrome and maybe we can help her really, really early on to get her hormonal health as great as we can get it. Um, from an early age, which would include for that particular case, like monitoring, you know, being more on a, a great diet for blood sugars and things like that. So um, these are, again, like things that we don't talk aloud about. We just go, we see a doctor, we think that the doctor knows best. And I'm not saying the doctor doesn't know best. I'm just saying the doctor doesn't know everything. The doctor knows sickness and the doctor knows one way of treating it right? That's really what happens. You go to a doctor and they'll say either deal with it or they'll put you on the pill. And none of those things are going to help you figure out what's the underlying problem. None of those things are going to do that. They're just going to mask the symptoms and probably maybe make you feel better. And, and that's great, right? But really what we're trying to do is establish that connection, right? I talked about being embodied. That's part of what this podcast is about is being in our bodies, knowing what our bodies are telling us. And that takes that takes some education, which is why I, I'm doing this podcast. Because I didn't know, ladies, I did not know. Even in my 30s, I didn't know. I mean, I'm still learning all the time. I go to, I'm so excited about periods and life cycle changes. I go to period conferences. It's literally not studied. It's not studied. No one's talking about it. Oh, those women, they bleed. It's a curse or it's a, what they people used to say, 
um, that it was, you know, witchery, like the, we shouldn't cross our path when we are on our periods. Like this is like pretty, not even that, not hundreds of years ago. Like this is a recent, um, in the last 50, 60 years, like that there's, that we go like under a spell that we can do, if we touch crops that we can kill the crops and all this stuff that, we're, that all these things are happening when we're on our period. I think we are more powerful, but I, I don't think we're doing any of those things, right? But no one's studying it. No one's talking about it. And it's slowly more and more people are talking about it. And the more we talk about our our blood, which is the thing that flows through all these life cycle changes, right? The more that we know about it, the more happy and healthy and in tune and in touch with our bodies we can be and the less like pain that we're going to feel because it's totally possible, I promise. So, the other thing that I was hoping to talk about with you all today, I'm going to try to do the shorter podcast just as an introduction to me, just little snippets of what's to come, um, is that obviously I'm talking about life cycle changes. I talked about puberty, and now I'm going to talk a little bit about motherhood. So I became a mother in my late 20s, um, and I fell in love love, love, love being a mama. I was also a midwife, becoming a midwife at the time. Um, and I also was failing <laughs> big time. I was trying to be everything for everyone. And especially after baby number two, uh, it just led me to major burnout. My body was aching, my soul was crying, my hair was falling out in clumps. And it took years of major healing work First of all, it took a while for me to figure out that I probably shouldn't try to be everything for everyone. So literally what would happen would be I would work all night long at a birth or sometimes I'd be gone for 24 hours straight, 36 hours even. And I would come home and sure enough, it was always literally I'd walk in the door as the sun was rising and my kids at that point was only two as those two were like getting up to start their day. And I love being a mom. I literally always thought of myself as like a stay-at-home mom even though I was totally working um and I would start reading my kids stories and my my husband would be like you should go to sleep and I was like no 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 I miss them I want to be with them and I, I can sleep later I'll be fine and I did that I would just stay up you know I'm in my 30s early 30s and I'm like I can hang I can do it the adrenaline just kicks in and you go and after several years of doing this, I remember once I got home and I was reading a story to my, I think he was seven at the time, six, maybe six, six or seven, probably six because he wasn't in school. He has a birthday that he didn't go to school till he was a little older, six. So it was like the summer before he went to school. And I was reading him a story and I just full on fell asleep. And he woke me up and he was like, mom, mom, I think you need to go to sleep. And it just like really hit me. Like, here's my six-year-old telling me how to take care of myself. Like, I don't know how to take care of myself very well. Um, and so I kept on doing that even though for a while. And then I had my third child who had crazy colic for like seven months, screamed and cried four, six hours a day, unless I was bouncing him, I would bounce him and like fall asleep on the bouncy ball wedged in between like my bed and another thing. So I wouldn't like, 
harm either of us. It was it was rough. And so my body really just started to fall apart. And so it took years of major healing work to get my body and spirit back into place because I wanted to be strong going into my 40s. Because remember, remember that like 40s? I thought that's when my life began. I So I see this as a decade, as the bridge decade for the second half of your life. So the next part of life that is a new you, like literally your, it's like the, the, what I call it like the midlife puberty, right? Perimenopause is like midlife's puberty. Your brain and body are literally changing just like they did in puberty. So the main thing is that I see upcome for people in this time period has to do with things like self-image, beauty, relationships, and ways of being that no longer will work. So for me, it was like the starting of the process of really confronting like how I show up in the world, how my need to serve everyone all the time and not myself at a detriment to my own body really needed to be worked on. Like it was scream, it was really starting to like knock on the door, right? And if it not first, it's like a little knock. If you don't answer your body, then it's like a big old knock. And if you don't answer, then your body like screams at you and like starts to fall apart, right? So my mine was getting pretty loud, the knocking. So some people call this middle stage of life like you're going through a crisis, like your midlife crisis. I like to think of it as an awakening. Um, and there definitely can be burning down the house, right? As part of an awakening awakening or crisis can be part of that awakening, especially if you're resisting it and you're letting it get louder and louder. Um, I think of it as a time when you kind of cocoon up and when you try to unlearn things that don't really work for you, where you have to dig deep and like question those cultural things or question like, where did, like, where did I get the idea that like I was a stay at home mom, even though I was working right? Because I super valued the stay-at-home mom because that's what my mom was. And she was an amazing mom. And so I wanted to be an amazing mom. And so, right. And so here more and more of my story will come up. But I had to really question like where that all came from. Um, and what do we see? Images of that second act. We see images of like bitter old people or sick images or health issues or like we put our older people away. And so I'm asking for an evolution for all of this. I'm asking for an evolution of all of us, an evolution, maybe even a revolution for us to know different and for us to be different. I want us to know that you might need bifocals. You might have some sagging skin, but inside you get to be happy and healthy especially the more that you embrace this time period. I'm asking us for evolve and start talking out loud about all of these things and about talking out loud about the, you know, that we're worried about the gray hair or that we're, we're wondering about this. And normally when we speak out loud, we kind of hear how silly it is because it's not really who we are at the end of the day the end of the day, it's who we are is on the inside, not so much on the outside. And the more we get to show that, the more we connect with our bodies and the more we value our bodies, the more we want to do the like heavy lifting workout, which needs to happen if you're in your 40s, because that'll help your muscles and your bones and your heart, right? It's not because we want to look a certain way, although that might be awesome, but more that we want to feel strong, right? We want to evolve. We don't for our girls that are going or boys that are going through puberty, like we don't, 
we want to give them like really great body image stuff. We want to like talk to them about being in their body rather than always trying to escape being in their body, which is often what happens in the puberty years. We want to talk about how bodies are amazing and what all the amazing things that they do, right? And of course, I'm not saying, I'm not Pollyanna saying that this is all going to be amazing, but stuff will come up, body image stuff will come up, but in the end, it's it's about being a happier and healthier you and evolving and talking out loud about all of these things. So I hope that you're going to keep joining me on my journey to talk out loud and offer practical advice, wisdom, and some of my collective stories on how to continue to navigate these life cycle changes from puberty to menopause. So I'm looking forward to next week. Thank you all for joining me. Bye.